What's going on, MVPs? I want to dedicate this podcast to my cousin, Kerio, who recently passed away this weekend. Um, This was a big hit to the family because this was the second person that ever died in my immediate family outside of my grandmother. Um, we haven't dealt with a with a death in six, 15, 16 years. So um, he died at a, at a young age too, man. He was only 50 years old, but he was dealing with health issues such as diabetes. And that was one of the main factors with his low b- blood sugar and things like that. So I just want to, you know, send my condolences out to my aunt. Um, just send love towards her household. And I know this this was her oldest baby. And she had to bury him. You know, it's supposed to be the other way around. You know, we, we want to bury our children. I mean, we want our children to bury us. We don't want to have to bury our children. So, um. With that being said, man, we got to start taking better care of ourselves in the black community. Um, For us health, we want to be able to have life insurance policies set up in the event that we do pass and have an early demise and transition out this planet sooner than we plant or we expect it. As you know, death is always unexpected. But, um, Shout out to my my cousin, which was his only daughter, Kariana. Hold your head up, baby. Um, Yeah, man. And I definitely want to put a big emphasis on life insurance. If anybody in the community doesn't have life insurance and you need to get life insurance, at least so you can bury yourself and leave something to your the next generation, to your offspring. Um, contact my dude Drake, man. Nick Drake. You can find him on Instagram at Drake1234 underscore. He services all 50 states. Contact him and let him know Aunt sent you from the MVP podcast. Who they think they play with y'all gotta be kidding. I'ma talk my shit now so it ain't gotta be written. Boss heavy in the flesh, you know I fit the description. Embrace the truth and cry about all of the fiction. We want admission. Quarantine ain't stopping shit. We level up through the drought. Ain't never been the type of nigga to just sit in the house. Wrap my arms around my kids because I've been gone for months. I made that bag had triplets so they know what's up. to another episode of the MVP podcast, man. I know, I know. It's been a while, man. It's been a it's been a couple months, man. This might be my first podcast since the pandemic, man. I'm trying to think. I think this is uh, episode 6. 
We're going to name this podcast The World Is Yours, man. Shout out to my homie, the heavy one, man, who blessed us with that freestyle for the intro, man. I'm feeling that now. Go follow my mans on Instagram at the heavy one on Instagram and check them out, man. But um, welcome back to another episode, man. It's, it, it, like I said, it's been a while, man. I've just been rolling with the punches, honestly. It's a lot going on in this world right now, and just trying to keep my head above the negativity out here, man. It's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of sucker shit going on out here, man. In in in, in people's personal lives, which I keep myself away from it, and in the government, man, and the economy, just a whole bunch of ah. That's all I can explain it as. You ever had something going on in your life where you can just explain it as ah. Like, but for the most part, 2020 has been, um, it's been decent, man. A lot of people been complaining about the shutdown and being locked in the house and can't do this, can't do that. Honestly, man, this my everyday life, man. I go to work, I come home, I do some research, plan, prepare, repeat the same cycle. And it's my it's my regular routine, man. Thank God I'm in a field to where I'm essential. Me being in the truck driving space, the the the, the logistics space, I was still able to really not skip a beat, man. But you know, it's kind of like when you see everybody else in the world depressed and going through stuff, it's kind of hard to keep your positive frame of mind when. It's so much negativity around. So, you know, I just try to keep myself separated away from that, protect my energy and, you know, do my own one too, me and my family, man. So, uh, yeah, where have I been? What have I been doing mainly? I've been perfecting my crafts, man. That's like 2020 is, is, is perfecting my crafts here. You know, tweaking different strategies, learning different things. For most of you that follow me on Instagram, if you haven't or aren't, you can follow me on Instagram at anthehustler underscore. Um, I've been perfecting my, my, my trading strategies, man. I'm just now getting into the stock market heavy. I bought a couple courses and I've been trading heavy since about March, man. So far, I'm up as of today, September 23rd. I am up 102% on my total investment portfolio year to date. So that's excellent, man, because the S&P 500 historically only returns between 8 to 10%. So that's honestly lovely, man. That's I'm 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 beating the stock market 10 times over. So as you as most of you probably do or don't know, once you hit 100 percent on any investment as a return, you've uh, successfully flipped your money. So I'm proud of that, man. All my coins, my extras that I didn't had, I just been dumping them in the market. You know, I lost a lot of money. I gained a decent amount of money. 
and I didn't broke even, but now I'm to the point to where I'm able to flip. Before my biggest mistake in the stock market was I was chasing stocks, which is a big no-no. That's called FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, I'm in so many different trade groups. I'm in different forums and chat rooms and stuff like that. And you see people posting they wins and the companies they they following and stuff like that. So you see somebody else bubbling off a certain move and you will go try to make that same move. But by the time you get in it, the stock going back down. So the main thing in stocks is understanding the terminology, actually knowing when to get in the stock, when to get out, reading charts, and just sticking to your to your team players man don't don't be looking at a watch list of 20 30 40 50 100 stocks because you watching all them different stocks as a beginner you're gonna miss your wave you know you could had been watching a certain stock for a couple months and now you adding all these other stocks to your watch list and while you paying attention to the new 10 15 stocks you can add it you done missed your wave on your first stocks you've been watching. So, um, yeah, that's that, man. Um, I'm steady out here trucking, but for this past month, the whole month of September, the workhorse has been down, man. We have some regen issues with our death system, and um, it took some time, man, to get that repaired, man. Shops is, shops is behind. So I've been down for probably about a month, but I mean, I can say that's a gift and a curse, a blessing in disguise, because I had the actual free time to tweak my strategy, try different stuff. Um, I started journaling my different trades, seeing what I did right, what I did wrong, what made that stock go up, what made that stock go down. And I suggest everybody do that if you're getting into trading. And if you are interested in trading, I have an affiliate link and my link tree link. Um, go ahead, hit that link, buy the course so you can learn everything I learned. And I got a couple of the courses that I can point you in the right direction if you want to learn how to trade. Today, I had one of my biggest trades so far. Um, Nike reported earnings today. And on that trade, we made four figures off that trade. So that was that was a decent flip, man. I think I made like 259% return on that flip, man. So that was nice, man. I'm like way happy and excited about that to see if I can keep um replicating that process, man. Um so that's my my stock market information what i've been doing talked about the trucking with the truck being down um yeah that's about it man as far as the stocks and the trucking what i've been doing man i also just so we just sold a property out in shaker um we just closed on that property last week so that was clutch that came right in time though. So yeah, I've been down in my truck. I ain't been able to make no money in trucking, but 
you know, it's, it's other areas that I was able to hit them with the assist and, and grind towards put all that effort I was putting in the truck and into that. And it's panning out well, man. Um, I know y'all probably want to know about the the Shaker property that we just sold. So I'll give you a quick rundown on that. All right. My homie that I've been cool with since sixth grade, right? He a general contractor now. And of course, we know I'm in the real estate and stuff like that. So he came across a property from one of his clients that they were tired of it. They wanted to get rid of it. And um, they told him, they told us to make an offer on the property. So, you know, we uh, gave him the rundown, told him what we could do. We got him under contract for 57000 and a property in Shaker. And it, and it, it appraises for the ARV in the area is like 120, 130. So we got it under contract for under market value. And we sold it for a nice little penny in between that. So I don't want to give too many exact numbers because there's other people that was, you know, in on the deal and I don't want their pockets out there. But it was for a decent amount, man. And it, it's just crazy having knowledge of a process and having connections and resources how you can really print money out of thin air. So that's what's up. Um, with them profits, you're going to take them profits and roll them over into another deal and just get it going, man. I know it's a tough time right now with the, uh, with the pandemic going on right now and so many different industries getting affected. And one of the things that have yet to really be affected, but it's coming, is the housing market. And I don't know if any, too many of you all know about the housing market, but the market crashed in 2008. And like every 10 years, we experienced some type of recession or a pullback. And we were at the top of the market, like the top of the bubble for years. So it was only a matter of time before something significant happened to give us a pullback. So, um, yeah, we uh, we got that property under contract. We sold it. Um, we're currently waiting on the market to so-called correct itself, but you can't really predict the correction. So now we're just looking for deals, man. So if you know anybody that has a property that they're tired of, uh, property that they're not living in or they're living in that they would like to sell for a quick fast cash offer feel free to contact me at at the hustler underscore on instagram or you can contact our partners at richport acquisitions uh let's get into our sponsors for the day This podcast is brought to you by Richport Acquisitions. Richport Acquisitions is a real estate investment group based out of Cleveland, Ohio. They specialize in lending a helping hand to homeowners that would like to sell their home for a fast cash offer. We make offers on any property in any area in any condition at a fair market price. For more information, feel free to contact them at RP. 
acquisitions at gmail.com and follow them on Instagram at richport underscore acquisitions. back to the podcast I uh, I entitled this podcast the world is yours because believe it or not if you living in America the world is yours if you have access to the internet from a laptop or from a smartphone the world is yours man we live in an area where information is at the tip of our fingertips and you can find out anything you want to know about anything you want to know, how to do anything you want to know how to do in a matter of seconds, man. I can't tell you how much stuff was introduced to me from just binge watching YouTube or just scrolling through Instagram from people, influential people pages that was in fields that I was interested in and just researching the stuff that they was talking about and doing some of them got youtube pages to where you can visually see them walk through a day in the life and what they was doing and just look at the potential you know it's 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 we have way more opportunities than our people had back in the day you know this this is not the the great depression this ain't the segre- the civil rights era. This ain't the crack era. Um, yeah, we dealing with some civil unrest with police brutality and stuff like that. And RIP to the fallen soldiers who lost their life from police brutality. But if you still here on this earth and you breathing, unless you're mentally or physically incapable of getting out here and really asserting yourself you got the same 24 hours as anybody else yes some people might have more vices than others more responsibilities than others but you can have the resources you just gotta have the willpower and consistency to get out here and and do and get whatever you want to man it's it's so many different ways to get into different fields you know a couple years ago 10 15 years ago even maybe now to this point they was convincing you that you had to go to college to have this certain type of lifestyle or you had to be some type of musician or you had to be some type of athlete to take exotic trips drive exotic cars live in nice areas and um, be debt free and everything like that where the time we in right now it's freelancers and independent contractors and people that's that's not w2 employees that's living the life out here why one main reason is because they they have a skill that produces a high income um they they could have a little bit of debt i know people that have multiple degrees that's not seeing 30 40 000 a year but they got a hundred thousand dollars in debt and 
working entry level jobs. So, you know, I'm not shunning college or anything like that, but I, I, I see the finesse and I see how it's a rat race like anything else. You know, you go into debt to get these degrees in the hopes of having a high paying career and it just don't pan out for you. So now when you finally do get a decent job, you got three, four, five, six, seven hundred dollars extra a month coming out of your your pockets taken away from potential savings or money you could be using towards investments that could be cash flowing you enough money to that could pay your monthly bills a month, man. Um we just in a different time in the era, man, and I just wanna commend anybody sticking to their process, no matter what, stand on their purpose. You know, as a man, men aren't really men right now in this area. It's a lot of emotional men right now, and it's a lot of shit dominant women right now. So we live in an era where the roles are kind of switch to where women are the breadwinner in the household and you got some fellas that's fine with being at home you know what i'm saying a man is supposed to assert himself in this world you know what i'm saying ain't nothing wrong with staying home but you still gotta work you know i i just can't i can't see myself sitting in the house which i have been for the past month because my truck went down, but I've been making shit shake since my truck went down. So, I but I can't see myself just sitting in the house on the game all day, watching TV all day, on social media all day, not learning nothing and not putting forth towards the effort towards a bigger picture. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'd have heard about females coming home to dudes where they work 8, 10, 12 hours and they still got to clean up behind these lame-ass niggas, though. Like, excuse my language, but that that's whack, man. But then at the end of the day, I really don't feel bad for, for nobody, for real, because you can only allow people to do what you allow them to do to you. It's, it's up to you. Like, you allow it. If if people can only do so much to a certain extent until you get tired of it. So, you know, everybody has their breaking points and stuff like that. But that's neither here or there. But uh, I just want to dig deep on really applying yourself, man. I know I can look back on, on my situations to where, you know, I get comfortable. And it's so quick to get comfortable in your comfort zone. Like, it's... Why is the comfort zone so comfortable though? Like, you know, everything you really want in life is on the opposite side of your comfort zone. You could, it could be a million dollars on the other side of that mountain, but instead of climbing that mountain, it's like, it's a jacuzzi, a warm jacuzzi just for you to chill in, a fluffy cloud for you to lay on, plenty food, subpar food, but if your ass was to get up and climb that mountain and go through the hurdles to get to the other side, it's way bigger. It's greener on the other side. It's greener on the other side of your comfort zone. So I'm trying to force myself into 
doing something hard today. Every day. I read a book by David Goggins called You Can't Hurt Me. And I, I suggest everybody check that book out and read it. And um, just listen to his story, man. I read a couple of his interviews. Well, I watched a couple of his interviews and read a couple of his articles. And and one of his interviews, he said he, he does something, one thing hard that he hates every day. You know, whether it's working out or whatever you deem as hard that you don't want to do that you've been putting off. And what I'm noticing having this time out of that trip, shit that I've been putting off for months because I come home after working 10, 12 hour days of driving that truck. You know, I'll be putting off basic shit like, like going through the mail. You know, I had a pile of mail stacking up for the longest. Finally went through some shit. I had some emails I needed to go through and read and, and delete and resubmit some stuff and stuff like that. I went and did that in like 10, 15 minutes. I started playing on these different apps, um, creating different content and putting that out. And I actually got pretty good at it though. Like I could really get out here as a freelancer and start creating graphic designs. As a matter of fact, I just created some dope ass business cards, man, and like in like 30 minutes, man. And it was dope. Like I really put it together. And the raw part to me was I designed the cards myself. I hit up a print guy, a local Cleveland, a Cleveland printer, which it happens to be black. And he printed up the cards and shipped them out to me. So that was dope, man. I just thought it was dope that. You know, I could support another black entrepreneur's business and they was from the city of Cleveland. But, you know, that's one thing in our community. We don't really have too many businesses that are interdependent upon one each other, one another. I had a post that went viral on Twitter a couple months ago where I talked about interdependent relationships and how you shouldn't have a business you shouldn't have the same business as your homes. Like if I if I got a barbershop, why would my homie go get a barbershop? If my homie got a car detailing car wash, I'm not gonna go get a car detailing car wash. I'm gonna create a business to where both of them could be interdependent upon each other, meaning I could supply the, ser- the products for his service and he could supply the services with my products, you know, something like that. We got enough businesses that are the same in our culture, you know, uh, which makes it hard for money to stay in our community because, you know, I might go get my hair cut, but my barber might need something done, but nobody in the community does that, provides that service or has that product. So now they got to go to somebody else's community and get the money to them to get what they needed to where we had that business in our community, then that money could have went to that next man and stayed in our community. It's a study that's out there that says money only stays in the black community for six hours. The money stays in the Chinese community, that the Asian community, excuse me, for like 30 days, the Jewish community was like 30 days and stuff like that. 
And that's because they own multiple businesses in multiple different industries to where if they needed to go buy a car, they got somebody in their community that sells cars. And if they needed to go grocery shopping, it's somebody in their community that owns a grocery store. If they needed something dry clean, it's somebody in their community that could dry clean. If they needed um, some work done on their house, there's somebody in their community that has a general contracting business and, and so on and so forth that they could own a gas station, they could own clothing stores, they could own um, whatever you may need, a delivery service. They got it in their community to where it's only a handful of industries that we in in the community. And once we need something outside of those industries, now we got to take our funds and go elsewhere. You know, it's, it's a lack of ownership in our community to where it's not a lot of people that's homeowners or landlords. Like, it's a nice amount, but it's not as many as it should be. You know, it, you might have 20 people in your neighborhood that own a house, but it's 80 other people that's not from the community that don't look like you that own houses in your community. And the house you stand in, you paying them rent. And they taking them funds from you paying them rent and taking it out to their community and spending it with them. Nobody in our community, nobody outside of our community spends money with us. All right. Unless they own a, a good ass barbecue spot or something like that. But I never seen nobody from no other nationality coming to our businesses in our neighborhood and supporting us. And I'm just being honest, and that ain't no shade, but if you really out here in this world, in this society, when the last time you seen um, somebody of Caucasian descendants coming in, the in our neighborhood and spending money in our businesses and our clothing stores? You know, I mean, they might come to one of our restaurants, but for the most part, that's it, you know? Um, I never seen anybody from the Asian community coming to the hood and spending money with us. You know, but when we go spend money, we go out to their shopping malls and stuff like that. And you know, it, it's a big it's a big wealth gap. And it's a study that's out here that said by like 2050 or something like that, the average African American household wealth would be zero. The average Caucasian household is a hundred thousand dollars you know and and the difference between that an easy way to create wealth is through life insurance it's through owning real estate and for instance i i had a cousin that we just had to bury rp to my cousin carrie i love you but he didn't have life insurance so you know the family had to pull together to help bury my cousin so and it's 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 of it's a wide array of other families in our community and other people in our community that don't have life insurance and life insurance probably is the easiest way to create wealth so another way again is home ownership owning your home you know how many of your family members actually own a home how many of your family members inherit a property from their parents and they sold it you know 
either they ain't had the money to fix it up or they was just tired of it for whatever reason. But, you know, they sell the house, take care of some bills, some debt, and go buy a car or take some trips or something. They, they're not really taking the funds and the profits that they're getting from selling this asset that grandma and grandpa sacrificed to, to purchase in a time and area where they were redlining black people from purchasing homes and you per and you selling grandma and grandpa house stuff. And then you go take the funds and go spend it on some on liabilities, you know, for a good time for some bills. <clears throat> I read a quote or I heard a quote before that says your liabilities is somebody else's assets, meaning your debt is somebody else's passive income. Think of credit card bills, Visa, MasterCard, Visa, American Express. You know, you pay your credit card bills, you max your cars out to go buy stuff, take care of other debt, rob computer to pay Paul, and you paying that credit card bill every month, <clears throat> but you got a 14, 15, 16, even a 24.99% interest rate <clears throat> and you making the minimum payments on that credit card. Them payments ain't doing nothing but being somebody else's passive cash flow. You paying $50 a month minimum on a credit card and they got a hundred other people paying $50 a month minimum on a credit card. $50 times a hundred is what, $5,000 a month? So they making $5,000 a month passive cash flow from giving you a line of credit to go do whatever you wanted to do, which most people taking and go buy liabilities, you know, pay bills, buy clothes, jewelry, take trips, stuff like that, that they really can't afford. But since they have this line of credit, they think this is free money or money they can borrow to go and Excuse my language, fuck off. <sighs> Had to take a drink of water on this talking got me parched my friend. But um Yeah man, it's it's just a lot of information that uh we aren't taught and I believe we aren't we aren't taught it for a reason. You know, we we're probably we're the only nationality of people to where our history was taken from us erased and we were reprogrammed with another nationality's history and information and and built the country for them to prevail you know and it's like all these other nationalities receive um what's the word uh reparations you know that word ain't even in my vocabulary for real because I, I don't believe in reparations if you decide to give them to us cool but if not I create my own reparations I create my own stimulus check you know what I'm saying speaking of stimulus checks how many of y'all took your stimulus check and did something positive with it the fact that the government only gave people $1,200 for a three-month shutdown 
it's fucked up, bruh. When the average American household bills is about $2,000 a month. They literally gave you a fifth of your bills and told you to make it work. Like, it's kind of fucked up. Now, during this pandemic, we had a lot of people boss up, you know? You had people that was putting out content, putting out pro- uh, projects and products and, you know, putting really putting in the work and, and 10x some shit. You know, this, this time period is now where it's down times like this and the market and scarcity is when millionaires are, are created, you know? Some people are more effective when their safety net is taken away. To where in your mind, if you know you got a safety net, you're not going to be as careful or as calculated with each step or each um, maneuver you make. But if you know your safety net is taken away from you, you will uh, focus more on staying afloat, staying balanced, and creating a new safety net. So... With that being said, people was really out here getting it in. Why? Because that safety net was taken away. You know, people are so dependent on this government and they think that the government is supposed to be your be-all, see-all savior and supposed to provide for you when that's not the purpose of your government. You know, if you want to live in a country to where your government provides free health care, housing, you know, all the extras to where you don't got to work for it. You need to move to Canada or something, somewhere like that. But in America, America is built off labor. All right. Labor and debt runs America. You got to put work in, man. Don't it, this is not a country to where. You can just sit back and chill and shit just comes to you. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's too many countries out there to where shit is just handed over to you. You know what I'm saying? In America, a lot of people are... They're coddled. You know, they, they're spoiled. Most people haven't really seen a real repression, depression or recession. Um, and even in, in the time, in the down times, they still were able to have a roof over their head and a meal every month, every day. You know, it's been government programs, even in the hood, to where you still receive food stamps. You still receive public housing. You know, it might have been jam-packed, but, you know, you still receive some type of aid. And the crazy part about it is you can be in the worst environment, in the worst neighborhood in the worst type of environment and people will still find a comfort zone in that area you know it's people that won't level up because they scared to lose their benefits from the government crazy right like it's people that that really won't boss up and and get out here and really put towards the, put the effort towards their craft because they don't want to get put in a new tax bracket because they worried about taxes. Where it's loopholes with taxes. You know, it is if you create a business and an actual structure, 
those expenses could lower your 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 tax bracket. But you know that's a conversation for another time, another date. You know this ain't investment advice. This ain't financial advice. I'm just telling you how I comprehend inf- information and what I get from it, and how I see things and conversations I had from more affluent people that's in a better position than me. You know, but um, yeah, I think I'm gonna wrap this podcast up, man. Um, more to come. The world is yours. Anything you want, anything you can achieve, you can do it. We're in a, a wonderful time and era, a wealth transfer era, to where if you got some skills, you can really turn nothing into something and make it happen for your people, for your kids and your kids' kids and their kids' kids. Create real generational wealth. And that's 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 the wave I'm on, man. That's the process I'm on. I don't I'm not into too much other shit right now. You know, I don't I just most recently bought me like five or six shirts and I caught them on sale and I paid for them with a credit card to get the points. You know, that's 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 a credit card hack right there. You know, I'm a uh DM me if you interested in learning how to credit card hack, man. Like you said, that's another game changer right there that I, that I, you know, graced my desk and came across my plate one day that I've been utilizing for the past couple months. Now. You know, it's free mans, man. It's a lot of different loopholes and strategies out here in this world. And having decent credit is a way. It's a way to wealth, man. It's a you can leverage your credit to build wealth. You know, most people use their credit for liabilities. You can use your credit to buy assets that cash flow, and that cash flow can buy the shit you want. You know what I'm saying? Instead of you using your credit to buy the shit you want, and now you ain't got no extra income to buy to repay for the shit that you wanted that you bought. That ain't doing nothing but just sitting in your closet or sitting in your driveway or sitting on your neck and your wrist. You know, some of y'all wear that fufu jewelry that you think is expensive. That's really not worth nothing. A lot of y'all is buying chains and jewelry and watches, gold, while it's at the top of the market right now. You know, you bought just like you can buy a car under market value. You can buy a house under market value at a discount. You can buy clothes at a discount. You can buy stocks at a discount. You can buy jewelry at a discount. And wait for times like this, war times, um, pandemic times for the price to go up. Because any times like this and pandemics, things like oil go up. Things like gold go up. You know, commodities, water. You know, things like that, because it's scarce. Um, let me recommend some movies to y'all. Um, I watched a movie called The Big Short. Check it out. It's about the 2008 housing market crash. Um, yeah, check it out. You know, email me at uh, motivate at gmail.com for any topics or questions you have about the show or on that movie let me know what y'all think 
after you watched the movie, but it, it was crazy how these fat cat bankers was just out here finessing shit and nobody was really blowing a whistle on it. And it was only a couple people that peeped it. But um, yeah, we're gonna wrap up episode six. The world is entitled, the world is yours. Y'all be easy, man. Stay tuned for the next episode.